This is a download from Reunions Weekend 2008 at the University of Virginia. Thomas Jefferson was not simply a classically educated gentleman of his time. He had exceptionally far-ranging interests, was a dedicated amateur musician, and drew up plans to build an ambitious art collection at Monticello while still in his 20s. In the spirit of UVA's founder, the arts are moving to center stage at the university. This podcast features an update on the university's ambitious arts campaign and is introduced by Andrea Douglas, curator of the University of Virginia Art Museum. But um, why we're here today is to have a discussion um, entitled Living Up to Jefferson's Artistic Dreams. And um, I have here with me my distinguished colleagues who are going to enlighten us about um, what's going on in the arts and on, at the university. I'm going to make my introductions first, then we'll have a series of questions, and then after that, um, entertain any of your questions and then open the dialogue about what's happening at the university. Um, to my immediate right is, right, yes, is Larry Getty. He's the professor of art history and has been chair of the McIntyre Department of Art since 1995. He received his PhD from Columbia University and has taught at the University of Virginia since 1981. He served on the Virginia 2020 Arts Commission and has been involved in the planning committees for the Cars Hill Arts Grounds and the Arts Gateway Project. He's currently on the University's Arts Council, the University Art Museum's Advisory Board, and the Museum's Collections Committee. His most recent work includes an essay on the relationship between the little ice age of the early modern era and the rise of the winter landscape in Dutch and Flemish art. Next to Larry is Tom Bloom. Tom holds a PhD in theater from the University of Michigan and an MA in theater from the University of Minnesota. Tom designs for theater, opera, and ballet. His designs have been exhibited in Michigan and in Indiana and are appearing in the upcoming ninth edition of Parker Wolf's Blocks, Scene Design and Stage Lighting. He is the author of Kenneth McGowan and the Aesthetic Paradigm for the Group Stage Craft. Next to Tom is Bruce Holsinger. Bruce Holsinger is professor of English and Music and chair of the McIntyre Department of Music. His books on the musical and literary cultures of the Middle Ages have won prizes from the Medieval Academy of America, the Modern Language Association, and the American Musicology Society. His research has been supported by fellowships from the John Simon Guggenheim Foundation, the National Endowment for the Humanities, and the American Council of Learned Societies. And finally, on the end there, is Elizabeth Turner. Elizabeth Hutton Turner, a former senior curator of the Phillips Collection in Washington, D.C., was named Vice Provost for the Arts by President John T. Castine in 2008. Turner, an American art expert, joined the university's McIntyre Department of Art in September and was appointed a university professor. She received her bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees in art history at UVA. So, um, we're going to begin today's questions with Beth Turner. And my first question, Beth, is you're the university's vice provost for the arts. Please tell us what that means. Well, being uh, vice provost of the arts um, in this particular situation means being the first vice, vice provost for the arts. So, I'm, um, it's a brand new position. Um, and it's, it is a, quite a landmark moment uh, to be at the University of Virginia when uh, the arts do seem to be given a great deal of prominence and um, I think that is, this is a, a new era at the university and the idea of establishing a position in the administration where an overview can be had, where a dialogue can be established where the members of the arts community can um, gather together and uh, discuss things with one another, which is something we've all been doing over the course of the last six months since I've been appointed, is, is a very important thing. Um, you know, we are a university that was actually conceived by an artistic vision. The idea that Thomas Jefferson had for 
um, the university really could not be fully understood until he actually designed it and built it as the configuration of buildings that we now know and spaces that we now know as the lawn. Um, we also um, understand then that art is really at the heart of uh, the vision for the university and by appointing a vice provost for the arts, by allowing for uh, the arts to really come to the table and be in dialogue um, and function at the level of support uh, commensurate with the other units of the university is exactly where we are headed. Um, you can see with this array of projects that are, are shown um, at the back of the room here, uh, just some of the uh, demonstration of some of the commitment that, that uh, uh, is actually being realized and ideas that are underway. We are actively uh, moving forward uh, with, with these plans uh, for uh, connect, making these connections, establishing uh, this dialogue. Um, my next question is directed at um, Tom, Larry, and Bruce. Arts admissions have significantly an upward trend of students participating in arts organizations. What does this mean for your programs? Tom, I'll begin with you. Uh, the new dance minor shows great promise. Tell us what's happening with dance about its future. Maybe I should first ask if there are any dancers in the room here or <laughs> excellent. <laughs> everyone everyone is a dancer. <laughs> There's a ballroom down the hall. <laughs> uh, what have arts enrollments meant to dance? Well, let me say it, it certainly is putting a strain on space in our building. Um, dance has, has been long a vital part of, of life in the arts here at, at UVA. And only recently it's, it's becoming institutionalized. That is, it's emerging as a, a program now in the drama department, uh, beginning as a minor. Uh, some of you may know or have been around when the uh, drama building was uh, erected. Uh, back around 1974, that building opened. And at that time, there was a, a dance instructor in our program by the name of Nora Shattuck. She was the wife of uh, Roger Shattuck, uh, that, uh, uh, a French uh, Commonwealth uh, professor uh, who wrote The Banquet Years. In, in, uh, Nora brought dance into our program and actually installed dance bars and mirrors in one of our rehearsal rooms. So for decades, dance was a part of drama, but uh, over the years, it sort of drifted away, but still remained a very vital element in the life of the arts here at UVA. There are numerous dance groups all across grounds that uh, existed and continue exist to exist, and all are in search of space uh, to perform uh, their various dance expressions. Anyway, four years ago, um, uh, then interim dean Karen Ryan uh, called our department and asked us to interview uh, a prospective uh, candidate to teach dance courses in our department. And this resulted in hiring a woman by the name of Trish Gooley uh, to start teaching several technique courses in dance and that has currently been elevated now into a curriculum which consists of, of two levels of dance technique and ballet, modern, and jazz. Uh, we're teaching dance composition classes, uh, we're teaching dance rep classes, contact improvisation classes. All total this past term, uh, the number of student enrollment in dance courses uh, uh, was around 120 students. We have a minor in dance in the drama program right now, and eventually I think we hope to, to see a minor, or a major, excuse me, emerge from the program. There are already 40 minors in this dance program actively enrolled in these technique classes, as well as performing. Uh, we've hosted two uh, fully produced dance concerts uh, this past year and continue to do so in this upcoming year. As I mentioned, space is certainly an issue for dance. Many of our classes meet in the Aquatics and Fitness Center. A few classes meet in uh, the drama building itself. So we're looking for, forward to the future in anticipation of uh, an expanded facility. I'll 
speak about that a bit later, but uh, in order to house this uh, emerging and pretty exciting program. Currently, it's under the leadership of Rose Pascarella Bouchamp, and she's doing just amazing things with the entire program, uh, as well as maintaining her own professional company called Influx Dance, uh, with which she's currently on tour with, uh, uh, on tour to various fringe festivals in Los Angeles and in Toronto throughout the summer. Thank you, Tom. And Larry, has the Lindner Center made an impact on the programs on, and on the types of students you're attracting? Well, Ted, uh, the Lindner Center is uh, the result of an endowment that um, the parents of an undergraduate uh, gave to us a couple of years ago, a very generous endowment. It's had a big impact on the program. I would say not necessarily so much in terms of admissions. Um, it's very important for the um, ability to support student research for sending classes to, um, to exhibitions, to allow for overnight trips to, um, to shows. It's had a big impact on the graduate program and a very big impact on faculty research. One thing I wanted to, to suggest, uh, Beth reminded me of this just when she was speaking this, uh, one of the first projects that we undertook as a, as a group together was to meet with the Dean of Admissions and to work with admissions um, much more effectively, I think, to review the art supplements and the ranking of, um, to, to the, what, what our faculty do is review the art um, supplements and provide a ranking to the admissions office. And this, I think, has been taken um, a good deal more seriously in, in the admissions process. And it's certainly the case that we saw a big increase this year in the number of our top-ranked student uh, applicants getting offers of admission and indeed accepting offers of admission. The other thing I would say is that what's going to have a gigantic impact on our attracting studio students is Ruffin Hall and we're going to be talking about that in just a little bit but the new studio art building Ruffin Hall I think this is going to have just a terrific impact on recruitment. And Bruce, you have the Oh, this has been, has been uh, probably the most exciting and radical change in the music department in the last decade has been the addition of two PhD programs to the, um, to the McIntyre Department of Music, one in uh, uh, critical and comparative studies in music, which is a musicology, music history, critical studies in, in music PhD program. The other is uh, composition and computer technology, where we have composers working on really on the cutting edge between... Um, between music composition and computer technology. And we just graduated after, this is the, the end of the sixth year of the two PhD programs, we just graduated our first three PhDs at our um, ceremony just a few weeks ago. Uh, one of them got a tenure track job at Yale, another got a postdoc at Yale, another is going to Colgate University. Um, and we have one who's just about finished up who's uh, got a tenure track job at Oberlin. So we already have a very good um, track record, I think, for a new PhD program. Um, and that's, that's the, the bit that we can brag about. Um, the, the most important thing that our graduate students do, though, is teach our undergraduates. Um, they're, they're deeply involved in, in the undergraduate curriculum and in the student experience in the arts. So one of our students right now is teaching a musicianship class um, as part of, our, um, part of our undergraduate major that gives students hands-on experience. Even, even we get music majors who actually are uh, often, very often aren't trained in music um, in any advanced way, but they come in to, to learn that as part of their experience at UVA. Um, and he's teaching a musicianship course while also performing in and directing one of our jazz chamber ensembles. Um, so the, the undergraduates get a lot of exposure to the graduate students as teaching assistants in large lecture courses, as, um, as their main instructors in some courses, and as uh, student participants in the same performance ensembles that they're involved in themselves. So one of our missions in the department as a faculty is to teach future teachers. Um, and that is the, by far the most important mission of our PhD program. So that combination of the, um, the intellectual and the pedagogical, I think, is one of the things that makes the program really exciting right now. Um, we talked a little bit about buildings, so the next question is the university has made major progress in developing the arts grounds. In the Cars Hill Precinct, there is a renovation and expansion of existing buildings and new construction. 
the artscape is planned for the corner of everything. What's happening in each of your areas, and what impact, if any, have these facilities made, or do you expect them to make on your programs? Larry, the first question is for you. Tell us about the renovation of Fairweather Hall and about the new Ruffin Hall. Yeah, the renovation of Fairweather was for art history. This was a, a gymnasium finished in 1894. It was uh, then given over to the School of Architecture, what eventually became the School of Architecture. Um, it was um, extensively modified in 1938, and then we renovated it completely between 2004 and 2006, and it now houses the entire art history program. The effect of this has been quite marvelous on the program because it has provided a single focused physical location um, for the, the department or for the program, and that's really fostered a kind of unity. The, the renovation of the building itself, the architecture itself, um, has had this effect, and it, the one really quite wonderful thing is the, to have colleagues who really were distributed. We, we moved from five different buildings to come into this um, into this space. So the sense of, a, of an intellectual community and, and of the enterprise of the department of educating students is something that the facility really does foster, the actual architecture of the building. Um, if you come over to take a look at it, you'll see that the um, two upper floors are built around a central atrium. And the sense of there being a kind of intellectual community in the architecture itself is a very, very important um, aspect of the building. And one thing I should say, by the way, is that I've felt for a long time that facilities were really the critical issue that was lacking in the arts at UVA. And this is something that I think is really being addressed. And we see this in Ruffin Hall, the new studio building. Um, I think it's going to have a very similar effect on the studio program. Um, that, too, is a program that was distributed among two, three buildings at any given time. Um, the opportunity for students really to ex uh, be exposed to a variety of different kinds of artistic media, um, that also has been built into the building, and the concept of the building is that it's a, a kind of community of workshops. Um, the actual architectural form expresses this idea, um, and the building, I think, is going to have a similar transformative effect on the studio program, creating a good deal more interaction among the students and faculty, giving a greater sense of, of community and cohesiveness. Um, the building, I think I, I can't stress enough just how important having this is for a, um, a program that has operated in what are basically makeshift spaces to have actual made-to-order um, darkrooms, printing facilities, painting facilities, sculpture studios. It simply will have a transformative effect. And it is a program that I think is poised to take off. We have uh, been increasing the number of undergraduate majors in recent years. We will be able to accommodate more um, in coming years. I think the building, is, as I just said, is going to be a terrific recruiting tool. Um, our facilities were frankly embarrassing up to this point, and certainly a turnoff. And students did not come to UVA to study studio art. They will now. Um, very smart, very talented students will come to UVA to study um, studio, and I think this is going to be one of the most important changes um, that this building will bring about. And Tom, what's on the well, I, I certainly welcome Larry and all of his colleagues uh, over to our end of grounds uh, since we've been over there in outer Siberia for many decades. Uh, and, and students, uh, even, even recently, uh, when teaching a class on central grounds, uh, uh, you invite them over to the theater building and they still have to ask, where is that? Because th there isn't great cause for, for many of our students ever to, to reach that part of grounds. And this, with the appearance of Ruffin Hall in our precinct, is going to attract uh, many more students to uh, what will become this emerging arts ground. So I think we're all very excited about that. Uh, we're also excited uh, by this idea of community, to, to finally bring together a cohort of artists in, in one place uh, where we can exchange ideas. Uh, there is uh, a fair amount of student exchange that goes on by their own volition, uh, moving from studio art into theater, 
or uh, other endeavors, and uh, we certainly welcome that as well. But, but physically and architecturally, to be in a, a single location really is going to be a vast benefit to all of us, and we only hope that it, at some point in the near future, music is going to be able to join us over there in some form or fashion. Uh, drama is, is currently involved in a, in a very exciting project, uh, which now is being broken down into two phases. And the first phase of which is uh, uh, the construction of the Ruth Kaplan Theater. There's an image of this uh, in the back of the room. Please take a look at this. This is a 300-seat thrust theater that will be situated out in front of our uh, current drama building, what will then reside uh, really at the hub of uh, Ruffin Hall, the drama building, uh, and uh, the architecture school. Uh, the Kaplan Theater has uh, been made possible, or is being made possible by a generous gift from Mark Kaplan and his wife Ruth, uh, to build what Ruth also considers to be the home of dance. At, at UVA, so she finally envisions this as being a place where dance is going to flourish and grow uh, on grounds and within the department, and most certainly you will find dance in this thrust theater. Uh, William Ron Architects of Boston is currently working on this project with us. Uh, uh, the theater itself probably is about a $14 million project to then be followed by the second phase, which is uh, an expansion of our drama building to, to finally offer studio spaces for our faculty, currently the faculty in drama numbering about 24 at present, uh, doubles up in their offices and as artists or actors uh, and designers. Uh, many of our classes are taught in that studio set, uh, setting, so we look forward to all having our own private studios uh, rather than sharing it with congenial colleagues. It's, it's been a good ride, but uh, it's going to be great to have additional space, but also additional studio spaces for our dance program, for our performance program. Uh, currently, a lot of this uh, is conducted right out in the lobby of the Culbra Theater, so occasionally you'll find combat classes outside on the plaza <laughs> of the theater, so we're capitalizing on every square inch of space that we can find. Uh, one of our basement studios uh, is also being converted into a dance rehearsal studio. We've just received a a portable sprung floor so we can lay this for our dancers to rehearse in that uh, area in the evening because the Aquatics and Fitness Center is not available to them because they have programming there after 4 o'clock. So it's just once we reach this phase two period really going to be a, a wonderful addition allowing our program and these dancers in particular uh, to flourish and grow. Mm -hmm. I just I forgot to mention that we're going to move into Ruffin Hall this summer, uh, probably from mid-July onward. We're also having some tours tomorrow. If you want to come to Fairweather at um, 11, we'll be taking a tour of Fairweather and then heading over to Ruffin Hall if you're interested to see it. Um, it will look a little daunting. It's going to be a hard hat tour, but um, progress is rapid and we are planning to move in this summer. What's Newmont's relationship to the um, when I first got here, um, Milmont was uh, was a name that I Milmont was a name I was not familiar with in any of my experiences here at the university. Milmont is actually located um, in in the road that uh, runs behind Barracks Road Shopping Center, and it used to be an old Pepsi plant, so it has somewhat the form of a Butler building. So it's a gigantic warehouse. And this um, building has had many use. Uh, once it became owned by the university, we had many different uses. But among the uses that um, uh, it it now has is it the a portion of it has been carved out for climate controlled storage for the museum, and also storage for the decorative arts collection. And one of the one of the ideas that I have been uh, pursuing as vice provost of the arts is this idea of university collections, inventorying the collections, knowing what collections are housed where, and care of the collections. So this idea of climate controlled storage is really very very important for us to be good stewards of all the wonderful objects that are in possession of, of the university. Um, 
you've been hearing about uh, these various facilities and how we've been making good use of every square inch of space and how we are being innovative and creative uh, as we continue to grow and become the university of, of the future as we, we, we're growing into these uh, new areas. Um, Millmont um, is a part of that. Uh, we are looking to work with the library. Uh, the library has received a Mellon grant to build um, a conservation lab. And um, we immediately saw the advantage um, both the librarian and, and myself and also the architect of the university in building um, a, a conservation lab near climate controlled storage uh, because then you could begin to have access, not only have access to the university collections and objects but also to analyze them. I don't know whether um, you've ever um, been present when a conservator takes an object in their hands and begins to analyze the different material aspects of, of an object, um, sort of forensically uh, look at an object and be able to tell you the story of the artist's hand, something about um, the history of the object from that vantage point. It's quite an exciting thing. Um, so we were, we were looking to the advantages of, of these various units of the university, pooling their resources, making it not only a, lab, a conservation lab for the library and its collections, but also for other university collections. So then we would make it a multidisciplinary lab. We would be able to bring in objects conservators, paper conservators, painting conservators, um, and then to create a study area and a study room for our students and for professionals uh, to create um, uh, access to this environment, to be able to have firsthand experience and knowledge of objects, hands-on work with objects, to conduct research in this way would give um, an edge to our program uh, here at the university and also would enable us to take, as I say, better care of our collections. It's quite an exciting thing. Um, the um, museum has been actively involved in this, and as I said, the uh, office of the uh, university, the architect of the university, uh, in their interest in not only the decorative arts uh, here at the university, but also in the history of the buildings, analyzing building materials, being able to learn the history of, of, of the um, setting here at the university. So all of that um, has come into play to create an objects-based research program, which we anticipate will um, emerge from this um, wonderful opportunity to build a conservation lab. Um, and what is the Millmont's relationship to the museum? Well, the museum's climate-controlled storage is at Millmont. And so you bring, you bring these two programs together, you're going to get a great deal of energy going on, um, as I said, um, to be able to create invitation and access to research. And this would be research at, at, at many different levels, but it, um, the um, potential is, is quite amazing. And we're all very, very excited about the fact that um, we're able to try to uh, make this happen. The idea of a conservation lab in this re region is also very, very important. One does not exist. It would be a, it would be a great resource for the entire region. A rehearsal for the band program is planned for phase one of the Arts Gateway. Um, there's a new mu music building and concert hall further into the future. Um, how are you accommodating your growth? Uh, I would say with with difficulty, where um, the uh, space is the biggest challenge that we have as a department, and we're in old Cabell Hall, and we've been in old Cabell Hall for about a hundred years, and um, and we love old Cabell Hall. But if you looked at the music department uh, 50 years ago, even 20 years ago, it would be unrecognizable compared to today, given the amount that that we've expanded with. Um, 
uh, a near professional caliber symphony orchestra that, that integrates uh, performance faculty and students and community members um, with with uh, the addition of a, a marching band program that that almost uh, doubled our enrollments and our, our credits immediately if, uh, when it was founded a number of years ago. Um, with the, the expansion of the jazz program and the chamber music programs, world music, we have African drumming and dance ensemble, we have a klezmer ensemble. So we're, we're in a very limited amount of space, but with uh, exponentially growing programs in performance and in our academic offerings. So we are really bursting at the seams. We have um, our, our practice studios are, are limited to about 20 that students, uh, majors and non-majors alike, can come in and, and sign up for. Um, we renovated a, a room deep in the dungeons of Old Cabell to create new teaching studios for our performance faculty. We're housing a number of our academic faculty out in some trailers over near the, um, uh, the, the C1 parking lot. Uh, so we are uh, really having some, some challenges. Uh, but I think we do a great job with what we have. Um, the, the prospect of a rehearsal space, a permanent rehearsal space for the marching band is, is really exciting. And I think that's one thing that, that we're looking forward to with the Gateway Project. Um, and I hope that the, the addition of a new music building slash performing arts center is not too far in the future. It is something that, um, that's probably over the horizon rather than on the horizon from everything that, that we understand. But, but we have our fingers crossed. And it's uh, the, the thought of being able to move what we have into a new space. I, I like the, um, the phrase, Larry, that you used, the, um, the, the idea of being in makeshift spaces which we currently are. And I think we, we makeshift them well, but, but we, we do need specially designed performance studios and rehearsal rooms and so on that we don't currently have. Um, but it is a challenge, our biggest challenge, I would say. Well, Beth, the last question is reserved for you. Um, can you tell us about the future of the arts at UVA as you see it? How do we attract the best and brightest students and faculty? And what, in your mind, sets, sets us apart, or will set us apart? Well, as I, as I said a minute ago, I do think this is, this is the moment for the arts at the University of Virginia. I, as you heard Andrea tell you, I have three degrees from the University of Virginia. I, I, actually, this is my uh, class reunion year. I graduated from here in 1973, the first time. And um, I can tell you it was a much, much different place um, then, uh, although um, I can also tell you how much I loved being here then. Um, I was a university guide, and I loved uh, you know, the idea of the artistic conception of this university. And it is, it is with, with that understanding of that vision and holding fast and holding true to that vision, knowing that that is at the core um, the idea of the relationship of the faculty with the students. When you start talking about the whole business of the pedagogy of the university, it's so unique to the University of Virginia. No university existed like this, where the students and the faculty lived near one another, where there was this close relationship. Um, the whole, the Lindner Center, Larry uh, can tell you, is, is um, really, at the heart of that gift, what made that program possible was the relationship um, between the faculty uh, and, and, a, and a student and the, a grateful family for this wonderful experience, this dialogue, this exchange that, that can happen here, and the freedom of um, the um, pursuit of knowledge and research that, that each student is, is granted here, a, a wonderful individual experience. So the moment for the arts is now, I was convinced of this uh, by uh, President Castine, that in fact um, what we want to accomplish here is equally unique and true to the founding of this university. Uh, what we're looking to is not to create a school, a separate school of the arts, a separate and segregated uh, um, precinct necessarily for the arts, but what we're looking for is an art-infused curriculum where the dialogue is an interdisciplinary one, where, where um, the university, all the disciplines of the university come to see and value um, how the um, 
arts really contribute to our understanding and encounters with the world and our understanding and encounters with how we apprehend the world and learn about the world and research the events of the world. And it is knowing and seeing those patterns, knowing that the artists in our midst, the fact that our arts admissions are up, the fact that we, we are inviting artists into our midst, the fact that we are looking to have them in the classroom, in the seminar, with us, um, in the dialogue, uh, leading the discussion uh, in many cases. That, that's where we want to be. Um, how will we attract the best and the brightest? Well, we are developing the settings for that, and we, um, just, we are looking to create arts as the gateway to the university. We are looking to um, build a new museum facility at the corner of Emmett and Ivy. We are looking to um, see that as the kind of vestibule, just um, as the a vestibule of Monticello is, was filled with marvelous and wonderful objects as you would find a pre-Columbian statue next to um, a, a European uh, statue. You would find a, a, a wonderful, marvelous uh, cabinets of, of objects, um, ways to learn by interrogating objects, looking at different cultures, uh, opening up new avenues, uh, new questions. That is where we are um, in creating a new kind of access, an access uh, where our students will be able to work with um, faculty in a new way, uh, have these settings for study, a way of um, studying art um, and to create new dialogue between art and science. These are the kinds of topics that are, are going on here. And I think that um, we're very lucky to um, see how this can be accomplished in the university setting. I've come from a museum that had one of the greatest modern art collections in the world, and I left it to come here because what I was in search of was this dialogue, was this kind of exchange that can only happen in a university setting, where great ideas, great performances, new understandings, where we are in the business of creating new knowledge. And this, this kind of conversation, this kind of invitation, this kind of access to the arts, this arts-infused curriculum is our priority. That's our mission. And we won't stop until we get there. Questions, so I'd like to open the floor up for that. If anyone would like to address any of the comments, please do. Well, this is a, just a general question for all of you. Uh, we realize we're starting about plastics, and we know <laughs> You were one of the, I guess, first 500 women then. Um, the question, though, deals with I was not an art, artist major here. It wasn't until my fourth year that I took a survey course in architectural history, that was absolutely wonderful, that I said to myself, you know, you idiot, you shouldn't just take history and all these other things. You really missed something. You should have been taking uh, art courses, perhaps uh, working in both lecture and hands-on. And what brings that to mind is, do you think it is practical or sensible to require all first-year students to take some uh, offering in the visual, the uh, musical, or the dramatic arts as a way of not talking about the best and brightest art students who you all have been talking about, who already know the importance of it, but for the rest of us who don't, to possibly expose it. I think it's a great idea. It would immediately uh, give us an argument for more faculty, um, which <laughs> is always great. Um, but it, it does go to the, the, the purpose of the arts at UVA is uh, to be part of an integrated liberal arts curriculum. As, as Beth was saying, we're not, we, are, for example, are not a school of music. We're a department that 
that serves our majors and non-majors by bringing them into ensembles that get out in grounds, get on the get out in the community, and that uh, that make the arts part of that general experience for the undergraduate. And I think that that uh, it would be interesting to think about the the core curriculum for the college in terms of arts as a gateway to that as well, as well as a physical architectural gateway to the university. I think it's a great idea. I, I, I certainly don't feel that, that arts at all are, are undervalued here whatsoever. But uh, perhaps more importantly is asking the question, uh, is why art anyway? I mean, why, why should we do that? Uh, and perhaps it isn't lodged in, in electing any specific course or requiring some sort of core course in, in arts education or experience. But coming to an understanding that, you know, what is the purpose of this? Well, I, I guess as Beth speaks of an arts-infused curriculum, what this is in part as it is with, with sciences or social science, in the liberal arts experience, it's about getting a sense of our bearings. And, and I think this is what the art experience has to offer. Uh, it, it places us within a context where we're able to get our bearings, to assess where we are in our world. And that's what's so important about it. Uh, and that can be communicated in so many different ways, not necessarily a course. I, I love the idea. Uh, but uh, just in, in any class, uh, in a social science class, in a science class as well, to recognize what those other disciplines have to offer, and art in particular. I think, I think there are logistical problems, uh, staffing problems, to really making it a requirement for all first-year students. But one thing that I think will happen, as these new facilities are constructed, the um, prominence of the arts within the fabric of the uh, of the institution is simply going to make them more visible and accessible and I think we're, we're we already have seen an increase in enrollments and certainly um, I've been here a really long time you know since 1981 um, we've seen very substantial increases in enrollments in our courses in terms of numbers of majors um, in terms of very much an interest in in the studio program which historically has always been quite small. So I think that the one impact of the of this larger arts development is going to be just the uh, students being exposed and in a way that I, I think probably was simply not available in 1970, in the 1970s. So my question is very related. I'm also a member of the class of 73. <laughs> and, uh, I was also in my fourth year introduced to a history of music class and an art history class that were wonderful and I had electives to, 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 to expend. And I was wondering, uh, what percentage of your students come dedicated to a career in the arts and a major in the arts, and which do you sort of capture through a course, latecomers who you interest into a major? And uh, a sort of related question, how many of your, of your majors go on to continue in the arts and how many take this as a sort of general liberal arts education and move on to something? <laughs> An awful lot of music majors are double majors, um, and that is a uh, maybe a result of parental pressure. Um, I can imagine that. Um, I, I certainly got the same kind of pressure, and I, I was in a school of music, um, but got the same kind of pressure to double major in liberal arts. Um, and I, I don't actually have statistics to hand, but I would say that. It's fairly small, actually. The number of our students who are dedicated, certainly who are dedicated to uh, pursuing a professional career in the, in the music performing arts is very small. Um, but some do. I mean, we've had students go on to get an MFA in, at Juilliard in piano performance in recent years, for example. I mean, that's the kind of, uh, you know, we have students who are an extremely high caliber of, of musical performer. Then we have a lot of students, again, who use the music major as, a, as an opportunity to explore a lot of different walks of life. And, and so a lot of them get very interested in musical production and so on. And so we have students who go on to, to law school to, to, um, or to commerce school to get an MBA to, to think about um, the relationship between music and commerce and explore uh, opportunities in that area, like orchestral management, for example. 
In, in my experience, the students tend to come both to art history and studio art relatively late. They often don't know it exists. Um, they come here curious, interested. There are a lot of things they're, they're interested in studying. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that we have, up to this point, really been um, attracting undergraduates to study either of those fields. My suspicion is that with improved facilities, we are going to see a, an uptick in the number of students who are, you know, they're, they're being admitted. These students are, it's a very highly competitive situation. Students are very bright. They're getting into a number of good schools. With the improvement in facilities, students who have a kind of interest and commitment are going to pick EVA. I think that's something that will, that will happen. We, too, have the situation of double majors. One thing that I've, um, that I've been um, very supportive of as a way of helping our, our majors is we have been developing a, um, an MA program in arts administration. And I think that this is uh, an add-on fifth-year program. And I think this will um, provide some of those students who have a more, how would you say, practical-minded kind of interest. They are not seeing themselves as necessarily great performers, but they are deeply interested in this. They can um, look to pursue this. This is a program we, we will be uh, submitting to the um, faculty senate and then to the, uh, it'll have to go to the state, to the Board of Visitors and then to the state, but that should be in this coming year. A little bit of a statement or comment and a little bit of a question. I was an art history major, graduated in 98, um, and just to answer your question a little bit, I fell into it. <laughs> it wasn't part of a master plan, um, but the interesting thing is I'm actually finding right now in my career that I am using that art history degree tremendously. So I currently work in the agency world, work for a design consultancy, um, and I'm finding, and this is my area of interest and sort of where my question comes, the intersection of, of design and art and business, and I find more and more um, it's a very relevant topic. I'm dealing with it all the time and wondering you know, have you thought of considering courses where you would be collaborating or, or working with the business school or business programs, marketing programs, and having sort of that inter intersection of design and art and, and having a strategic business point of view about it. So um, it was an interesting experience. I was actually able to be a guest presenter for a marketing class at the University of Washington. And um, taking a strategic business problem, developing a strategy around it, and then how you express that strategy visually, whether it be through a logo development or a visual language for a brand or how a company expresses itself. Um, and it was a really interesting conversation where you're using all these art history terms that you actually learn in art history, but yet you're using it in a business setting, in a business context. And it was a really exciting class that I tremendously enjoyed doing for the day. And I was like, gosh, I'd love to sort of create some career around this. But um, is there is there a way or are you looking at ways within the university today to sort of bring that cross-pollination, I think, between art and business? Because it's a really, I find it a really exciting intersection. And, and, and it. And I definitely got the, the chastising from my parents when I majored in art history. What are you going to do with that degree when you graduate? And I look back now and say, I couldn't have had a better background. And I actually really do use that degree almost every day in, in what I do. I'm actually delighted to hear that <laughs> in many ways. But um, this, this arts administration program is, yeah. um, in fact, I was going to say, please let me have your card, because we, um, we can use exactly this kind of experience in developing this program. Um, I, I think that that kind of, that intersection can take a number of different forms. And we're really at a stage of developing this. So the uh, George Sampson um, is the, the man who's really pushing this idea that um, he and I are, have spent quite a lot of time talking about this, and I'm, I'm keenly interested to see it develop. Yeah, and it was interesting how this marketing professor was so, I mean, Mr. Washington was so interested in this and wanting to have that dialogue with people in the design community but for his business class. So it was, it's an interesting intersection, I think, that you're seeing yeah. more and more. Let's talk. <laughs> and, and, and I would imagine Larry is serious about getting your card, too, because the, the um, one of the things that we, I, I think we need to do a better job at is getting our arts alumni to speak about where they are and why as a result of their arts major. And I think that that's, this is a perfect example of the sort of thing that we uh, try to find out about you know, with our newsletters and so on and, and try to reach out to our alumni and, and get them speaking about what difference uh, an arts major made to their lives.
I would say, ironically, perhaps, for undergraduates leaving our program who are not majors, they've been the most successful uh, performers in the professional world, either in film or on stage. Uh, many of them are also double majors. Uh, but many of our majors do find their way into the business sector. Uh, and I think that speaks not only of the sort of collaborative nature, certainly of drama. You have to be able to work with people. But it also speaks highly of the total liberal arts experience at UVA. You're prepared to walk into the world, into to many different settings. Uh, and I think that's what you were enabled to do. My daughter graduated uh, a year and a half ago, and she just recently moved to New York City with a major in music and uh, English. And uh, she's writing for... Uh, uh, an agency, a marketing agency that has high-end fashion clients, and uh, so she, she, and she's also doing some graphic work for them already. Uh, but working in that entire angle, she's not playing the violin for them yet. But. <laughs> I think we have time for one more question. Okay. Go ahead. With enrollment pressures at UVA and all the schools, are there uh, classroom space available and faculty available? Do they have a position once they arrive in classes? Uh, there's a, a new initiative that's uh, being led again by uh, Karen Ryan, who, who just left uh, the deanship of the college. And it's an art scholars program, and it's modeled in part on the science scholars program. Uh, where uh, first-year art scholars, as, as they are recognized, will be coming into the programs, studio art, music, history, drama, and, and places will be held for these students in the introductory classes so they can get into the sequence. Uh, and another wonderful part of this program is that they will be teamed with a, a faculty mentor to work or research with that artist or faculty person. Uh, so certainly there's an eye into attracting those students uh, into the program. Without a doubt, th this is a very competitive world, uh, trying to bring these students here. We've been getting a tremendous help from admissions. In fact, uh, our admit rate uh, in the past year almost doubled. I must say, though, the accepts of students did not match that. And it leaves me scratching my head, and I can only say what I think many of us have heard here already is that Students are really looking for some very fine facilities in which they can work with faculty, and that's what we will be able to offer them to be competitive in that way. Okay, thank you all for coming and listening.